This is Marathon Training Academy, episode 411. This podcast is brought to you by Sidekick. Sidekick's muscle scraping tools keep your muscles healthy by improving blood flow, helping you treat your running injuries faster so you can get back to doing what you love. Go to SidekickTool.com and use the promo code MTA to save 15% off your order. That's SidekickTool.com. Thanks to Prevenex, makers of Joint Health Plus. The main active ingredients are clinically proven to reduce joint pain, joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. Get 15% off with our code MTA over at Prevenex.com. Thanks to Oladance Open Earbuds. They have 360 degree superior sound, but they never enter the ears, so there's no ear fatigue. Plus, you never lose track of what's happening around you. Visit Oladance.com and use the promo code MTA20 to save 20%. Welcome to the Marathon Training Academy podcast, where we inspire and empower you to go the distance. I'm Trevor. And I'm Angie. In this episode, we recap our recent trip to Las Vegas to run the Rebel Mount Charleston Half Marathon, and we share the Lazy Person's Guide to Success in Long Distance Running. And if you're a lazy runner or not, we would love to have you train with us in our awesome online community. Find out how to join the Academy when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. So Angie, I just saw a headline come across about a 93-year-old man who finished the Paris Marathon. That's that's amazing. Yeah, his name is Charlie Bancarell, and he became the race's oldest finisher. He finished in 7 hours, 22 minutes, and 11 seconds. And I was reading that he started racing at age 55, and he ran his first of 10 marathons at the age of 70. And he's also an avid cyclist. That's amazing. Yeah, just today I was on Instagram, and one of our past guests on the show is an ultra runner named Harvey Lewis. And so we follow him on Instagram, and he's got a friend there in Cincinnati named Mike Fremont, who's 101 years old. And today he posted a photo of he and Mike, they go out and they run together. This guy's 101, and he's doing pull-ups on a pull-up bar at the park. I'm seriously jealous. I can't even do unassisted (laughs) (laughs) pull-ups at age 44 yet. Speaking of the Paris Marathon, one of our clients, um, Kofo from the UK, finished the Paris Marathon. Yeah, she says, it felt great to finish the Paris Marathon. It took everything I have, but it gave back much more. It was an absolutely stunning course and the most sensational spectator support. What better way to experience the City of Lights? Shout out to MTA coach Nicole for, to steal her expression, a stellar training season and another marathon finish. I met the goals of running to enjoy the course for my first ever destination race and challenging myself. I'll work on improving the finish time next time. For now, mission accomplished and very proud. And this comes from Candice, who's been working with Coach Lynn. Yes, she says, I completed my fifth marathon in my fourth state of Maryland, and I'm feeling so grateful. I want to thank Coach Lynn for her amazing guidance that she helped me to recover from a knee injury and stay the course. While I haven't yet PR'd since my first race 10 years ago, this was the closest yet. I'm a back of the packer, and I worked hard for my 535 finish time today. My pace was pretty consistent through the entire marathon, which shows some growth and strength in recent months despite my setbacks. Much love to each of you in our community as I glean so much inspiration and strength from everyone. Looking forward to many more spring race recaps from everyone. Well, we have a race recap for you here today. We just got back from the Revel Mount Charleston Half Marathon in Vegas. 
We're also looking forward to being at the Richmond Marathon again this year. I've been there now two years in a row, and the meetup keeps getting bigger and bigger. Check it out this year. The Richmond Marathon will take place November 11th in, of course, Richmond, Virginia, and they also have a half marathon and an 8K. It's beautiful that time of year, and Richmond course is a top 25 Boston qualifier. So come hang out with us and run an amazing marathon. We don't have all the details worked out yet, but I'll probably be doing a live podcast interview um, at the Expo again this year. So richmondmarathon.org. Well on my way, well on my way, well on my way. Now that I'm well on my way, well on my way, well on my way, well on my way. Okay, well this episode basically has two parts. We're going to do a recap of our trip to Vegas, and then we're going to share the Lazy Runner's Guide to Success. So first of all, let's talk about our trip to Vegas. The Revel Race Company, they specialize in fast downhill marathons in beautiful places. Yeah, this was my third Revel event. And the first one was Revel Coolia in Hawaii. And the second one was Wasatch in Utah. It seems like if I run it, then they discontinue the race. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Mount Charleston is safe because it's a very popular event for them. Yeah, it's a good size event. And they invited me down there. So at first, it was just going to be me. And then Autumn and Tim, Autumn, Angie's sister, and Tim, her husband, decided to jump in. So they signed up. And a friend of theirs had like all these free hotel rooms racked up on this like poker app or something that he's been playing for 10 years. <laughs> so he's like, hey, well, come on down there. I'm, I'm running the half and I'll hook up some rooms for you guys. So they jumped in. And at first, the rooms were going to be at the Bellagio. By this time, Angie's like, well, I'd like to go too. So Angie signed up. So now there's four of us leaving. But then come to find out, uh, the rooms actually ended up being at the Excalibur. And we flew Spirit Airlines to get there and back. (laughs) (laughs) Mistake number one. So we're off to a solid start. (laughs) Spirit Airlines, the seats don't recline. (laughs) (laughs) So we booked our rooms at the Excalibur because that's where Tim and Autumn were going to be. And I'm like, that's fine, you know. I actually remember as a kid, my parents took us to Vegas and we stayed at the Excalibur like back in the 80s, probably not long after it was built. So I thought to myself, well, it'd be interesting to go back now, like 30 years later and to see it as an adult. So I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) They might have updated it once in the 90s. (laughs) So we check in, right? And first of all, I, I forgot like how in Vegas, every casino is like a giant rat maze. Like it's hard to find your way around anywhere. And they- A smoky rat maze. (laughs) Yeah. There's no windows. There's no like straight path through any of these hotels. We find our tower where our room is and we go to the third floor. Well, the first room they put us in, we had just barely set our stuff down to start unpacking. And then they called and said like, well, we're actually putting you on a different floor. So we had to like gather all of our stuff, go back to the front desk. This is like at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. The first day. So we finally got our rooms. Finally get our room in this long hallway, long dingy hallway. <laughs> the room was okay. I mean, the beds were comfortable at least. And it was clean. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> Next day we get up, we go to the race expo as a group, got to see one of our coaches, uh, Coach Chris, who's actually um, won the half marathon last year. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. The expo was well organized and efficient and they give you cool swag. They they gave us hats this year and they also give you gloves because it's always cold at the race start because you're starting way up on a mountain. The day before I got a Instagram message from a lady named Mary who had already gotten there and she went up to where the marathon started. And it was a blizzard. It was like eight feet of snow. And I thought to myself, man, I really underpacked. (laughs) 
So yeah, the start of the marathon, it was actually a lot colder and covered with snow. The half was still cold. Now, Tim, my brother-in-law, um, this is going to be his first half marathon. So he's got all these nerves and we actually gave him one of our training plans, you know, months ago. He didn't do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to encourage him to at least get in like a 10 miler, like build up to a 10 miler before race day. The most he did was seven. So he was kind of nervous. So race morning comes and we wake up like what? Three in the morning. Yes. Three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Because we have to be at the buses at like 4, was it 4.15? Yes, we had to drive to the bus loading area. Thankfully, the bus situation was great. They had the very comfortable coach buses. There are actually even some like Vegas Strip party buses, (laughs) (laughs) which we didn't get on one of those, but it looked very interesting and uniquely Vegas. And they had a lot of port-a-pots at the bus loading area. So it was just everything was thought through really well. So here's a soundbite from Race Morning. All right, it is 4.30 in the morning. We've been up, well, I've been up since three. This is the earliest I've probably ever had to get up for a race. Walk through the casino to find some coffee. There's still a lot of people partying, playing silly games. <laughs> this is what we do for fun. We get up and run down a mountain. We got Angie and Autumn in here, and we got Tim, my brother-in-law. He's doing his first half marathon, and you can hear the excitement. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> so angie had the idea we'll get a soundbite with tim before and after so before tim uh first half marathon going in what's your strategy man uh not get injured yeah just finish yeah and have fun don't whiz on the course and get kicked <laughs> out they have strict rules about that can't whiz anywhere except designated whiz places so how long do you think it's going to take you i have no idea think it you put a lot of thought into this hours three hours probably at least i don't know i think you can do better than that i actually never did the math on it (laughs) you can tell i've been mentoring tim in this (laughs) yeah i'm on the the trevor training plan so angie you have any advice for tim running his first half marathon or for anyone else out there running their first half well um if it is race morning and you're running your first race then just take the tim mentality and have fun and don't get injured out there don't push yourself too hard don't make it about your ego if you are considering training for your first half marathon then use a good training plan (laughs) that's right we also have autumn you guys were saying that it was really cold at the start of the bozeman half marathon it's gonna be cold up there on the mountain what was the bozeman half marathon like in montana It was probably like 30 some degrees and we stood in a field for a good hour or so that was like probably the toughest part of that half marathon was just the wait to start the race. And then once you started, you were happy because we got warmed up. It made the running not feel as challenging because you were just glad to be moving and warming up. <laughs> That's a good thought. And it inspired me to just be more prepared with like warmer throwaway clothes in the future. So the buses drop us off. And so we were able to wear like our warm clothes until the very last minute that we could and then drop it in a check bag. But it was pretty windy. Like it was it was kind of cold and miserable. And I think that was maybe the hardest part. Yeah, that wait for sure. Early morning, it's cold. And you just kind of have that feeling like, when I get this started. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, we're all bundled up in all of our warm stuff. And a couple of listeners were able to recognize us. So I don't know if they heard us talking or what, but it was really cool to be able to say hi to a couple people at the start area. That's right. We saw Anna. She was wearing one of our hats. So I just went up to her and I said, hey, nice hat. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then while we were talking, there was another listener named Dean. Uh, he was standing in line and he said, hey, I love your podcast. So got to chat with him. Then we got to see Academy member Terry and her daughter Brenna at the race start. And they later came to the meetup. So that was fun. So the half marathon starts. Angie, you and your sister and our friend Kevin, you guys were ahead of Tim and I. And you finished in less than two hours. Yeah, I finished in 150. Yeah, so you were like 40 minutes ahead of <laughs> Tim and I. We ran together the whole way and talked and man, the time just went by fast. It's such an extreme change in temperature going from up the mountain and then you're pretty much running downhill the whole way back to Vegas. And then it's warm down there. You know, people are sweating and it's well supported with aid stations along the way. And as you're running, you just look back behind you as the sun's coming up and then see this snow covered mountain illuminated behind you. It's really beautiful. Well, the sun was coming up across the valley. So we're running down Mount Charleston and then you see the sun coming up and like illuminating the valley, the desert, like all these other beautiful mountains. Yeah. Look behind you, see the snow covered mountain. It was, it was awesome. That was my favorite part was the scenery. It was really gorgeous. Here's a soundbite with Tim as we're underway. He's doing his first half marathon and I thought I would just check in with him. He's feeling pretty good. Here's that soundbite. Hey, hey, we're at the Revel Half Marathon. We're at mile 11. I'm here with Tim doing his first half marathon. What's up? What do you think of it so far? It's going way better than I thought. It's a good race. Yeah. The downhill just made it a breeze. It's like I feel way better than I was expecting. That's for sure. Well, you're looking strong, man. So two more miles. We're going to put the hammer down. We're going to crank out 12-minute miles, Tim. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, unfortunately, after... Tim recorded that. Um, he dropped out. He had to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, not really. He's having a good time. He just keeps saying, man, this is easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> so I thought, well, we have about two miles to go. We need to start picking up the pace. Like, this is too easy for this guy. <laughs> yeah. What not to say during your first half marathon if someone's pacing you. This is easy. <laughs> like you, you need to be a little bit tired when you finish, right? <laughs> so, and I said, this is going to be fun, man. We're going to pass people who are walking. So we picked up the pace. We crossed the finish line. We were hoping to get under 230, but ended up being over 230, like 231. Got our free beer, got our free donuts. Man, the donuts were amazing. They were good. There was really good food. Big assortment. They kind of had like this food bag that you gave, they gave you, but then you could also, you know, get fruit and chocolate milk and various drinks, beer, donuts. After I finished and I got my food, then I went and got my gear check bag and like changed out of my wet stuff and put dry clothes on. And then I went back to the finish line. So I was able to see um, Autumn and Kevin finish and then saw you and Tim finish. By that time, I had like finished, of course, all the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were nice enough to give me your beer ticket. So they had a like really good craft beer. And then somehow like you had an extra donut ticket. Someone gave it to you? Yeah, people were leaving and they gave us like there was an extra beer ticket that someone wasn't going to use and a donut ticket. So they gave it to Autumn and I. Yeah. So you had two donut tickets and you were going to get one for yourself and then you gave that extra ticket to me. But I was like, I was already in a comfortable chair. So I said, here, just take my ticket and get me a donut too. And you said, I'm not carrying two donuts. <laughs> Like Angie's going to be walking double fisting with two donuts <laughs> and you're like, someone might recognize me. <laughs> if I ate a donut in just everyday life, it would just crash me. Like I can't eat it. But after a half marathon or a marathon, you're like bulletproof. Like I could eat probably half a dozen donuts <laughs> <laughs> and still have a good day. It's pretty amazing. 
So after we sat down and we're in the beer tent area, um, I got another little soundbite with Tim, kind of a post-race debrief to see what his thoughts are after running his first half marathon. Okay, we finished around 2.30. Tim finished his first half marathon. Tim, how's it feel now, man? That feels great. Sore now. <laughs> Trevor uh, kicked my ass in the last three miles. <laughs> yeah, we picked up the pace. You were pissed I was feeling so good at 11. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, well, this guy's feeling too great. Like, this, this is a walk in the park. It's like he needs the real marathon, half marathon experience. So uh, real quick, Tim, just give us an overview of your training for this. Um, I ran five miles a couple times. Yeah. Then I ran a seven miler and then a three miler. <laughs> there you go. And that was it. All right. <laughs> this has been another episode of What Not To Do with <laughs> Tim Haley. Hey, but congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. It was awesome. It's a good time. So we go to get our gear check bag, and while we're in line, one of our clients comes through, Bill Drinkwart, who we've had on the podcast. We had him on last year. He's an amazing runner, and he comes up. He's looking pretty tired because he's pushed it hard in the marathon, and I'm like, Bill, good to see you, man. How'd it go? And he showed us his little printout with his time on it, and he had run 3.04.22. Yeah, he PR'd as well as, of course, Boston qualified. Yeah, this is the age group 55 to 59. Awesome, awesome day for him out there. Yeah, later he wrote a little recap of his race. He said, wow, what a special day at Rebel Mount Charleston Marathon in Nevada. Despite a frigid wait in 24 degree temperatures for 90 minutes, I was able to shake out the stiffness and cold to get the legs moving well soon after starting. With careful pacing, I was able to save enough energy to execute a negative split on the course and finish third in my age group. Of, like Trevor, you said, 55 to 59, as well as PR and BQ. Many thanks to MTA coach Steve for helping me complete my best marathon buildup yet and finish in 3.04.22. But the magic of the day didn't stop there. My daughter Kara was also with me to race her second marathon. She astonished me by screaming into the finish chute hot on the heels of the 3.30 pacer and completing a 30-minute PR and a BQ time of 3.29.21. The thought of running Boston next year, if she is accepted, is just too good to be true for this proud dad. And yet, even more magic, getting to say hello to Angie and Trevor in the finish area was awesome, too. <laughs> so that just put a big smile on our faces. Angie, who else did we hear from? We heard from Diane. She's in the Social Distancing Run group. She ran the half marathon, and she said she ran a sub-two-hour for the first time and are in second place in her age group. And she and her husband were able to come to the meetup, which was really fun to be able to talk to her. Definitely. Rachel, who's a member, was also there. She said, I had a great time in Vegas for the Rebel Mount Charleston last Saturday. I ran the half, and while I was a bit disappointed in my time, it was still a wonderful race. The race started out hella cold, but warmed up quickly once the sun rose. That evening, it was great to see Angie and Trevor again and meet some fellow MTA peeps. Looking forward to many more races and meetups in the future. And then we heard from Stephen. He says, I'm so happy to share that after many years, I was able to qualify for Boston at the Revel Mount Charleston Marathon. MTA has been such a blessing, nothing but positive vibes and great training support. My MTA coach, Jen, helped me nail my nutrition and adjust my training to help me PR by 32 minutes. Wow. Hope everything went fantastic for other MTAers this weekend. And we heard from Kathleen, who's a member. 
She says, hello, MTA family. I just wanted to share my experience running the Revel Mount Charleston Marathon. I'm still pinching myself, but I got my first BQ with a 13-minute cushion and a 10-minute PR. It's taken me over five years of running now, 27 marathons, to finally achieve my longtime goal. Well, let me just stop you right there. That shows you, you know, don't give up on your BQ dream. That's right. Five years of running and 27 marathons. That kind of sounds similar to your journey. Yeah, I didn't BQ until my 25th marathon for the first time. Yeah. So definitely can relate to Kathleen a lot. She says it was a beautiful course that began in the snow-covered mountains and ended in the desert canyon of Las Vegas. Despite the help of gravity, I put in a ton of downhill and strength training to help prevent my quads from getting trashed, which I think helped. That was smart. It was wonderful to attend the MTA meetup afterward and finally get to meet Angie in person. I've met Trevor at two prior marathons. And then last but not least, we heard from Preston. He says, I just wanted to send a message to say thanks for an excellent training plan and all the good content. I bought the three-hour training plan to try and hit my goal of running a sub-three-hour marathon, and safe to say I smashed it. On my third marathon, I beat my goal and finished in two hours, 49 minutes, and 15 seconds. That is killer. That's my commentary. It is. (laughs) I took advantage of a good course, good training, and some good weather to set a 13-minute PR for my last marathon, and I finished second in my age group. Just wanted to say thanks for the great training and great content. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for sending that in, Preston. Sorry we didn't get to meet you in person, but uh, thanks for using our three-hour marathon plan. You know, there's not a whole lot of people that purchase that plan. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprisingly. (laughs) Yeah, so the Revel races are great. Their next one is Revel Rockies in Denver on June 3rd. We actually have a code if you want to get $15 off when you register. Use the code MTA, should be easy to remember, for $15 off Revel Rockies. And speaking of Colorado, I will be at the Boulderthon this year in Boulder, Colorado, October 7th and 8th. I'll be doing a live podcast episode at the Expo, and then I'll be running the half, at least the half. So come on out for that. Uh, And you can use the code MTA20 to save $20 on your registration, MTA20. Quick break to thank our episode sponsor, Sidekick. So Angie, at the time of this recording, you have run 70 marathons, and you've had to be really proactive about getting massages regularly and also doing a lot of stuff at home. That's right. I consider myself to be an injury-prone runner. I'm sure many people listening to this will relate to that. And I let a hamstring injury go on too long um, a couple years ago. And so one of the things as I was going to my physical therapist was that they started using some muscle scraping tools on me. And I knew that Sidekick had muscle scraping tools that you can use at home. And so I ordered their bow muscle scraper and started using that on a regular basis. And it really helped progress my recovery. Muscle scraping therapy works by breaking up the blocked vessels to heal the stress tissue. And they got lots of tutorials on their website as well, you know, show you exactly how to do it. You can take control of your injury and recovery right now. Go to SidekickTool.com. SidekickTool.com, 15% off with the code MTA. Thanks also to Prevenex, makers of Joint Health Plus. Last weekend, I did an 18-miler and my Achilles felt a little bit sore. I was doing a lot of up and down on the Appalachian Trail, but thankfully I'm feeling good now because I've been resting and also using Joint Health Plus. It's good to stay on top of that stuff with a joint supplement, and we highly recommend Joint Health Plus. 
The main active ingredients are clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve your joint flexibility in just seven to 10 days. And we've heard great testimonials about how people have noticed that difference. The supplement contains boswellin, which is a powerful, natural, and clinically proven anti-inflammatory and pain reliever that provides additional support for joints. If you don't experience any benefits within the first 30 days, Prevenix has a no questions asked 100% money back guarantee where you'll get a full refund so you literally have nothing to lose. So do your joints a favor and keep running strong. You can use the code MTA for 15% off your first order of Joint Health Plus over at Prevenex.com and use the code MTA to save 15% off your first order. So the half marathon was awesome. Everyone had a good time. We stopped at In-N-Out Burger on the way back to the hotel. Yeah, we don't have those out here. (laughs) So we go back to Excalibur, our castle in Vegas, where we don't feel like royalty. (laughs) Autumn and Tim are just across the hallway from us, like literally one door just across the hallway. So we get back to our rooms, and this is what happens next. I hear a knock on the door, and I open the door, and my sister is standing there, and she says, all our stuff is gone. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, wait a minute, it's April 1st, April Fool's Day. You're not going to get me. I can't be tricked. (laughs) She's like, do you have our stuff? And then I realized that it wasn't a joke. And she went on to explain that their room had been robbed while we were at the race. Yep. And like 80% of their stuff was gone. We're talking like IDs, her passport, her purse, their suitcase was stolen. Headphones. Makeup, just jewelry, like a very random assortment of things were taken. Her journal. Yeah. So they are just like stunned, in shock. What is even going on here? Yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about having a sick feeling in your stomach. So they're dealing with hotel security and, you know, trying to file a police report and figure out, you know, everything that they lost. You know, it's just an overwhelming, dizzying feeling of you go from such a high after running this amazing race and having such a great time and then getting back and your stuff is all gone. Your suitcase is gone. And of course, the hotel doesn't have any recourse other than here, file a police report. We'll look into it. And here's some vouchers to use at one restaurant. And we'll comp your room. Yeah, which was already free because it was already given to him from Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So So, yeah, it was just, so I'm like loaning clothes to Autumn because she doesn't have anything to wear. So Tim, later, he looks at the door and it looks like someone had prepped it. There was a screw gone. And then even like the inside of the room or it has an extra security latch that you can latch when you're inside. That whole thing was missing. So no one's really sure how the person got in the room. We'd all left that morning and no one thought twice about like, hey, maybe our room could get broken into. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, they had pretty good attitudes for people who were just robbed. I mean, I was really surprised. And Autumn said, yeah, I let myself kind of have a pity party for about 30 minutes and then decided, well, nothing I can do about it now. I may as well just try to enjoy the rest of our time here at the Excalibur. So as you can imagine, that was a big headache. Later that day, we went to the MTA meetup at the Hofbräu house because Angie was just begging for some German food and beer. So we're like... I was robbed of a meal (laughs) (laughs) by having to go there. (laughs) I got to say, the one in Pittsburgh is still the nicest. Vegas, I was kind of disappointed in their Hofbräu house. It was just kind of hard because the music was so loud. So after the meetup, like that next morning, I pretty much had lost my voice. (laughs) We would be trying to talk and then this guy would come and like blow this massive alphorn like right next to our table. (laughs) 
Like, well, guess we will be quiet for a couple minutes. <laughs> hey, but the beer and conversation was awesome. That's right. The people made it. The people who showed up were the best thing. Yeah, we had quite a few folks come out and we got to meet new listeners of the podcast and longtime listeners of the podcast and, and some old friends. We got to see Kim Overturf who was an academy member like way back in the day, kind of when we first started MTA. She was one of my coaching clients way back in the day as well. So yeah. Yeah. And she is now up to 120 marathons. And then our friend Eric Strand from Missouri, he's with the Drury Hotel, our longtime podcast sponsor. Um, He was there with his wife, Tammy, and he's up to 127 marathons and ultras. Yeah. He's got some hundred milers thrown in there too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A bunch of them. So that was a lot of fun seeing everybody. And uh, here's a couple sound bites for you. This first one is with Brenna and Terry, who live in Vegas. They have a pretty funny story about the podcast, so I wanted to uh, get that sound bite with them. Here's that. Hey, sorry for the noise. We are outside at the Holfbury House in Las Vegas. I'm here with some Las Vegas natives. You guys ran the half marathon today. How'd it go, first of all? It was good. It was fun. It's usually not that cold. All right, so tell me the story that you were saying about the podcast. So we've been listeners very early on and I turned my mom onto the podcast and she would always say like, oh, well, Angie and Trevor says this, Angie and Trevor says that. (laughs) Well, when I met my husband... So much power I have. (laughs) (laughs) When I met my husband, he just thought these were friends of my mother's that she always talked about. And then one day she said like, oh, well, Angie and Trevor says this. And I was like, oh, mom, yeah, the podcast. And my husband goes, hold on. This is a podcast? These are not real people that you just know? (laughs) Yes, they were real people. When you listen to someone for 10 years, you know them. That's right. Whether you've met or not. It just became a long family joke of my mom's dear friends, Angie and Trevor. (laughs) Right. We expect to be invited over for Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, back outside. We're not in Germany. It sounds like we are. I'm here with Sarah Baptista. Did you get your name right? Baptiste. Okay. I'm here with Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> who qualified for boston today yes how's it feel uh, incredible it's like a dream come true do you think the revel like the downhill aspect helped i think it helped i was training for a 330 pace and I ended up with 323 i think the hills kind of nice. hated that yeah and you said your mom and your aunt listen yes shout out antonita all right and mom yeah mom loves your porta potty episode and my aunt like listens to this day like she still loves it so that was a long time ago that was like 2011 yeah that episode yeah first first marathon 18 marathons ago wow catching up it's 14 for me you you will never pass my number i will make sure okay well game on (laughs) okay (laughs) got like two more planned for this year at least okay you're gonna pass my number then (laughs) because i have one plan and where where are you guys from chico california Appreciate you being here at the meetup and super congrats on the BQ. And Thanks, Trevor. You'll be riding this euphoria for, for the rest of your life. I hope so. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, hey, we're here with Kellen Castle from West Virginia. He is the race director of the Greenbrier River Trail Marathon. So, uh, first of all, where is that in West Virginia? Would you say it's like in the east, eastern part of the state? It's in the southeastern part of the state, yes. Okay. I, I imagine it's pretty gorgeous down there. West Virginia is a beautiful state. It is beautiful. There's a ton of scenery and not a lot else. So if people want to, you know, get West Virginia, uh, there's probably like people trying to run a marathon in every state, people that like to do trail races, come to a new place. What all do you guys have going on race weekend that we can tell folks about? The start for the marathons at 8 and then... Point-to-point course. Point-to-point course, slightly downhill, not as downhill as Revel. Uh, it's mostly flat, but nice. you lose 400 feet of elevation. You run through a tunnel, 
Ooh, at nice. mile 15. How long is the tunnel? Train tunnel. It's 800 feet, I think. So it gets cool. a little dark in there. It's a little trippy, but That's fun. it's a cool breaks breaks it up in the middle of the race. The half starts at 9:45 and runs the opposite direction, so you're not mixing in with the marathoners. Yeah. And then the finish is the same. Nice. All right. And the date this year, Greenbrier River Trail Marathon is Sunday, October 8th. Come to West Virginia. Wild and wonderful West Virginia. That's right. They're playing John Denver at the start. Take me home. So big thanks to everyone that came to the Las Vegas meetup. Glad to see all of you. We still had a couple more nights in Vegas. So the final part of our story is... Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) The final part of our story is called Angie Hates Everything About Las Vegas, but she did win $70. Like the greater Las Vegas area is beautiful and amazing. And I can see how there's a lot of great opportunities for food and shows and everything. But like staying on the strip was not for me. Just, you know, walking through the casinos with the smoke and the constant noise and music and people everywhere. So by Monday, I was just worn down on every level. I didn't feel like leaving the room. I just had to like stay in there and recharge my introvert batteries (laughs) Yeah, so if you're looking for a quiet, peaceful setting, don't go to Las Vegas. That's what you're trying to say, Angie? I'm Yes, I'm saying if you're an introvert who prefers more of the outdoors, then the Las Vegas Strip is an experience, but it may not be a rejuvenating experience. <laughs> but then the day we were checking out, you know, I hadn't really played any of the slot machines or the, the gambling machines. So I'm like, what the heck? I like sat down and fed like $3 into this machine that looked like it wasn't too much smarter than me. <laughs> and like eventually won 40 bucks. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So I put in maybe a couple, like three or four more dollars and ended up winning a total of $77. So Quit $70, while you're ahead. yes. And then I cashed out quickly. <laughs> well, I spent about five bucks and lost it all. I'm a low roller. That's fine with me. <laughs> Vegas got tons of money out of me other ways. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We get back on Spirit Airlines, have a long flight back to Philadelphia, and poor old Autumn and Tim. The whole way back on Spirit Airlines, like a lady across from them was throwing up and dry heaving for four hours. Yeah. And then we get back so late that by the time we drive to our home, we didn't get back to like 3.45 in the morning. Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows that I usually go to bed around nine. So definitely outside of my comfort zone, at least, which is why it generated this entire whining session. So that's our Vegas mini vacation, at least all the parts we want to share publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to transition into part two of this episode, the part that everyone's been waiting for, the Lazy Runner's Guide to Success, inspired by Tim's first half marathon and what it was like for me to pace him. Before we jump into that, big thanks to our sponsor, Ola Dance. They make wearable stereo. They're earbuds that don't go in the ear. They kind of sit on top of the ear, which is great for preventing ear fatigue. That's right. I often listen to hours worth of audiobooks, and they are truly comfortable. So they're perfect for listening to your favorite podcast, music, audiobook. If you wear headphones for more than two hours a day, Ola Dance is a must-have. And surprisingly, they fit securely. They stay firm on your ears. I've run in them, hiked. I have done yoga in them, you know, like Downward Dog. They're still hanging out there. Um, And I love the fact they have superior sound. They have a three-time bigger dynamic driver, 360-degree superior sound, and they're safer because you don't lose track of what's happening around you. 
So go to oladance.com, use the code MTA20 to get 20% off. So run with great sound quality without losing track of what's happening around you. oladance.com, MTA20 for 20% off. Thanks also to Athletic Greens, makers of AG1, our favorite ultimate daily all-in-one health drink, packed full of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. They make these handy travel packs that we like to take with us when we go places. That's right. I had my travel packs and shaker bottle with me in Vegas. So that was one of the things that went right. An otherwise unhealthy vacation filled with donuts and smoky casinos. <laughs> Angie was able to have a oasis of health thanks to AG1. If you haven't tried it yet, you can get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. So head over to athleticgreens.com MTA to take advantage of that. Lazy Runner's Guide to Success. So when I was pacing Tim through his first half and the questions that he had leading up to it, it, it reminded me of when I was training for my first half marathon back in 2011. I, I counted it up. I've done 28 official half marathons since then, not counting virtual halves. Or training runs. Yep. So my first half marathon was hard. I remember my feet took a real beating. And now I actually, I trained less for the Rebel Mount Charleston half or for the Richmond half I did last year. I I actually train less now, but I feel better at the end. Half marathons have kind of become easy, interestingly. So this has inspired me to create the Lazy Runner's Guide to Success. The Lazy Runner's Guide to Success. So as I was training for this half marathon, I probably averaged about five miles a week. (laughs) I'm shaking my head right now. I know, it's so bad. And this is part of something bigger because I've got, of course, that marathon in Belgium on the 21st of May. So what is your strategy when you, you know, you go into training? My strategy is I sign up for a race and then I immediately start tapering. Ah, got it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I want to be this way. Like I really do aspire to run more, exercise more. Like I do get a lot of inspiration from ultra runners. Well, I think um, the author Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, and she kind of gives a a framework of how different people respond to expectations, inner and outer expectations. And so there's four different types. There's the upholder, there's the questioner, there's the obliger, and then finally there's the rebel. And I will let you all guess which one Trevor is. Rebel without a cause. And the rebel actually is, I think, the rarest type. The rebel and the upholder are the rarest types. Shockingly, Trevor and I are, one's a rebel, one's an upholder. So (laughs) it's a very unusual couple pairing as well. So if you're not motivated to exercise, my tip would be find what does motivate you to be active. I might not be doing a lot of the workouts uh, on my training plan, but I still do something every day. Uh, Lately, I've been doing disc golf. I feel like such a nerd saying that. It's pretty fun. I mean, I'm really kind of getting addicted to it. And, you know, I'll probably spend an hour on my feet playing disc golf. I love to hike. Um, I've got an e-bike. I go on long rides. It's an e-bike because I'm too lazy to ride uphill. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you're not motivated to strength train and hit the plan 100%. Maybe you're not type A. Maybe you're like me. You have to find what's fun. You have to like seek adventure. That's why I've been doing marathons in kind of cool destination places because it pulls me into an adventure and a trail race for me takes the pressure off. 
because I know I'm going to be out there a long time. I'm going to do a lot of hiking. I get to run fast on the downhills and power hike the uphills. I'm in nature. It just kind of really speaks to what motivates me. I'm not really motivated to qualify for Boston or to go fast. I have run a sub four hour marathon. I know how hard it was. You got to find what motivates you and then go with that passion. Another thing I've realized is that if you do a full marathon, a half will seem immensely easier. So it's a good reason to at least do one full marathon in your lifetime. I feel like I'm in half marathon shape 365 days a year. Like I can just go do a half marathon. Even if I have it run for like two weeks, I could just jump into a half marathon and finish and feel fine. I'm not going to (laughs) win. I'm probably not going to run sub two, but I'm going to finish. I could probably do two and a half and feel great. So it's cool to have that base level of fitness. And once you build it, you can maintain it fairly easily. If you're lazy in your training and you skip this stuff and then you go out and you like try to push really hard, Mm -hmm. that's when you're going to injure yourself. Right. Yeah. If you're going to use the lazy runner's guide to success, then you have to leave like time goals and your ego entirely out of the equation. Yeah. You need to be the best lazy runner that you can be. (laughs) Right. Another tip here too, is that you can have a system dialed in on race day. Once you start racking up half marathons or even marathons, you kind of fall into, oh, you know what works. So I'm not going to go out there and kill myself by pushing so hard when I haven't trained right. I know I'm going to keep a nice easy pace. I know what the cutoff times are. I know how to fuel, how to hydrate. So even as a lazy runner, you get chafing a couple of times and you're probably not going to rebel against the anti-chafing ointment because the pain of that just sticks with you. I might be a lazy runner, but I try not to be a stupid runner. (laughs) And another key point to the lazy runner's guide to success is you have to let go of all shame around walking during a marathon. You can walk during a marathon. It is okay to walk. A lot of people do it. I remember the first time I heard that, I heard Bart Yasso say, yeah, I take walk breaks. And this was like, you know, when I first started running, I heard him say that. I'm like, whoa, Bart Yasso takes walk breaks? (laughs) Well, if he does it, this dude that's run 100 marathons, uh, I can take walk breaks. It's just, okay, you can give yourself permission to go slow. Know what the cutoff is. So at this marathon I'm training for now, the Beer Lovers Marathon, yes, that's the real name of it. It's in Liège in Belgium. They have a 6.30 cutoff, so six hours and 30 minutes. It actually is not as generous as I think it needs to be, but that's what it is. (laughs) So I have to maintain a 14.53 per mile pace at least and there are 15 beer tastings on the course and I was looking at pictures from last year they don't give just like little tiny shot glass beer tastings they give like decent size wow this is Belgian beer we're talking probably high percentage like really really good high quality beer so you gotta walk and drink you gotta keep moving you gotta keep moving (laughs) even if you're starting to weave you gotta keep moving but I think you have a good point about not being ashamed to walk during a marathon or any race. I think for any runner, no matter what your motivation is, whether you're trying to be fast or you're there to have the experience, the fastest way to ruin your race experience is to not run your own race, to worry about what other people are thinking about you or put pressure on yourself when you haven't trained to that level. Exactly. If I finish in six hours and 29 minutes at the Beer Lovers Marathon, but I cross the finish line, I will be happy. 15 beer tastings, Angie, on this course. I, I heard you the first time, yes. And everyone runs in costume. So what, what costume are you going to do, or is this top secret? I went online and I ordered um, a Clint Eastwood man with no name from the, the movie The Good and Bad and the Ugly. So I'll have this poncho and hat and cigar. And bare legs. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wearing jeans or cowboy boots. You're going to look like you're naked under there. <laughs> I know. I did hear from a runner, uh, from a listener in the UK who's meeting me there. His name is Stephen, and he's going as Elvis. Oh, wow. That seems like there'd be like wig and a lot of moving parts. Yeah, at least I don't have to do a wig or like a big beard. I don't want my face being warm. Right. So I'm not wearing a, any kind of mask, uh, just a cowboy hat and a poncho, but definitely a real cigar. And if they let me smoke it, I'll smoke the cigar as I run. No, no. You're just going to ruin the experience for everyone else. <laughs> We're already having beer. We may as well smoke a cigar too. If you're going to be unhealthy, go big, right? No. This is the Lazy Runner's Guide. Another tip I would share is that if your training's not going well, if you're not getting your runs in like you want, as a last resort, here's what I do. I'm not telling you, actually, I'm, I'm not telling you to do this. No, this is prescriptive. No, don't listen to anything I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Angie and Coach Nicole and our other smart coaches and don't take my advice. This is the lazy runner's guide, but here's what I'm doing. If everything goes to hell, as long as I can get in a good, slow, but solid 20 miler before this marathon, then I'll take two weeks to rest. That's the easy part. Okay, I can rest like a boss, but I'll get that 20 miler in, I'll rest, and then boom, I'll be good to go. Hopefully, at least for the peace of mind that, hey, I did have a good 20 miler, I'm ready to go on race day. Yes, if you're progressively doing your long runs, then a 20 miler is a great final long run benchmark to give you that push and that confidence that you can complete the marathon. And then the final tip I would share in the Lazy Runner's Guide to Success, put some time in on your feet. That's what I try to get Tim to do. I wanted him to get a 10 miler in. You know, we did give him a training plan that ideally he would have done it all. But I told him like, dude, you just want to get out there on the pavement, pound the pavement, get your feet used to taking a beating. He did some running. He would go out there, do three miles at a time, five miles at a time. He was actually pushing himself harder in his little runs around his neighborhood than we pushed on race day. And race day actually felt easy to him. I'm like, yeah, what did you think you were supposed to do, man? Like, yeah, I told you to run easy. <laughs> it shows you that when you're a beginner, you think that you have to do every run like super hard or it doesn't count. You don't. Take it from me. That's right. I would agree with that point. <laughs> So Tim's foot was kind of sore um, and he was limping around. Do you remember that? We went to the, the Hoover Dam and he was limping around. Well, I think all of us were limping. Our quads were sore, but he also had the gimpy foot. So I texted him this morning and he says, it's finally starting to feel better and he's going to start running again. And I asked him, do you think you'd ever run another half? And he didn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> and I waited. Finally, he replied and he said, definitely. Once my foot heals up, I'm going to start running again. Awesome. So we didn't ruin him on it, Angie. <laughs> Try to get time in on your feet. If it's not running, like going on hikes, doing Frisbee golf, doing something, walking the dog, just do something to get your feet tired because you got to build up and strengthen those muscles in the foot. That's the important part about base training in a marathon and the buildup is putting that load on the muscles in your feet, preparing it for marathon day. Yeah, I agree. I would say even beyond the feet, you know, up your kinetic chain it helps to prepare muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, you know, even strengthens your bones so that when you go out there and do your race, it's not an overly stressful event. They've built up over time. You're going to have less of a chance of injury if you've put in the time to strengthen all of those body systems and your core muscles. So in conclusion, we hope that you train the way that our clients are training, the way that Angie and Nicole and our coaches train. But if you follow the lazy path, 
Don't try to go out and run hard on race day. It's a recipe for injury. And burnout and not ever wanting to do it again. (laughs) But if you just want to be in decent shape to where you can go do a half marathon or just go on a hike, a long hike anytime. What's cool is that once you get into good enough shape, it's not hard to maintain and an active lifestyle just feeds you. The more fit you become, the more you want to go out and do challenging things and We just want you to know that your training doesn't have to look perfect. Not everyone's type A. Not everyone's just out there running super fast. Some people are doing run walk. So if you're just getting into marathon training, maybe you're building up for your first half and it feels intimidating, just remember, if I can run 28 half marathons, I know you can too. I was a total desk potato before I started. Absolutely hated to run. I actually failed PE in like ninth grade because I refused to run the mandatory mile that the state of California made us do back then. So that was my running journey. Then I met Angie, who is very on the ball with her fitness. She inspired me to get into running and I've kind of found my own path. And that's there's room in our sport for all types of journeys. That's right. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for being a listener. And if we can help you in your journey, let us know. We have a contact form on our website. Really easy to contact us. Just go to marathontrainingacademy.com. And of course, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Marathon Academy. And we're on TikTok because we are with the times, Angie. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am with the times. Okay. Yeah, we have like 38 followers (laughs) on TikTok. Well, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being a listener. We appreciate you. Always remember you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life.